Hey, my name's Emily. I'm a compulsive reader and bulimic. And I'm really grateful to be here. Um, I was talking to a fellow earlier today and saying, I don't feel super serene at this point in my life, um, but I'm going to speak at Serenity Night tonight. Do you have any ideas? <laughs> and she said, well, are you more serene than when you came here you know, years ago? And uh, I had to admit I was. Um, she said, well, it might be helpful to talk about um, all the areas in your life that you find more serenity now than when you came through the doors. And I, so that's what I'm gonna do. Um, and I was, I was trying to think of, uh, serenity uh, is a moving target. It's, and I was thinking when I you know, came into the rooms in 2002 and I was binging and vomiting 15, 20 times a day, um, life in the toilet, uh, as well as my head often. Um, and I had no serenity. Maybe there were brief moments of it here and there. And then I would think of the other end of the spectrum, like complete enlightenment, just feeling serene all the time. And I'm somewhere in the middle. Uh, very human and uh, existence. Um, so, you know, I, I've been in program 16 years and I was thinking about it. I'm 38 now, so it's half my life. I really, I grew up in these rooms and um, so much gratitude. I probably don't give enough gratitude for uh, what this place has given me. Um, so, let's see here. I wanted to read this part in the big book. I really... Over the years, I've really gravitated more towards the big, big book and uh, the step work as it's explained in the big book uh, to work my program. So, and it's the piece on acceptance on page 417. Um, acceptance is the answer to all my problems today. When I am disturbed, it is because I find some person, place, thing, or situation, some fact of my life unacceptable to me, and I can find no serenity until I accept that person, place, thing, or situation as being exactly the way it is supposed to be at this moment. Nothing, absolutely nothing, happens in God's world by mistake. Until I could accept my alcoholism, or for me, my eating disorder, I could not stay abstinent, sober, for me, abstinent, unless I accept my life completely on life's terms. I cannot be happy. I need to concentrate not so much on what needs to be changed in the world as on what needs to be changed in me and my attitudes. So, um... Let's see. I guess the first thing I'll talk about is, um, I don't know why that's first on the list, but school. I mean, it's a significant thing. So I'd failed out of school. Um, maybe I should just give a little history. I really, my eating disorder really took off when I was, went on way to college. Like a lot of people came from a lot of addiction, a background of addiction, parents, addicts, grew up raised by a single mom, had a lot of addictions, as, you know, there was a lot of violence, CPS was involved, blah, blah, blah. Um, learned to be emotionally, you know, not process my feelings, was pretty emotionally numb growing up. And um, when I got to college, I had no uh, capacity to deal, you know. So my eating disorder is not because of my childhood. There's plenty of people who have far worse childhoods and don't have eating disorders, but part of my recovery has been I need to be able to process my emotions in order to not eat, to stuff them. So um, anyways, 
so my eating disorder really took off in college and I got really sick really fast. I was a real hardcore bulimic for three or four years, failed out of school, couldn't hold a job, didn't see family for years, um, never dated, just like lived in a room with bags of vomit. I'd steal from grocery stores, just like pretty bad stuff. And at um, one point I went to Mount Rainier to try to camped out by myself for three weeks, tried to starve myself. Um, anyway, so I made it to here because I was working at a group home and I was binging and vomiting on everybody's food and I was having heart arrhythmias and I thought I was gonna die, which does happen. Bleemics die from heart attacks and strokes all the time from heart arrhythmias. And uh, so I called my mom who I had not a close relationship with and she lived down in LA and I told her, I'm bulimic, I think I'm gonna die. And she said, you gotta go to OA. So I went like three days later because I was in the U district and I was afraid there would be other students there. And uh, anyways, I've been, I went every day for like a year and a half because I needed the equivalent of inpatient treatment. And then I've continued going uh, ever since. So that's five minutes. Okay. So pretty quickly after I got there, so I would say step one, um, so my first experience of serenity was walking in these rooms and finding people I could identify with, seeing that there were others who were as insane about food as I was, but that it wasn't about the food. It was just like, I just, re I even remember, I can almost just like feel it, that sort of, that sense of relief. Oh, thank God, it's not about the food and the weight. Like just because for years, I'm just so obsessed with once I get to this perfect weight, then I can show up to life. And um, just, you know, all the things that just were lost. And um, so I think that was, so the, I think I would say I took step one that night. I, it was very easy for me to accept hours powerless over food. Of course, you can't go through the steps without a sponsor. Um, although the founders co-sponsored each other, I guess in the big book they say there's alternative ways to do it, but I needed a sponsor. So I got a sponsor and started working the steps and my life started to change. So in my eating disorder, I had failed out of school. So um, I think what I'll say one thing, I'm gonna try to share about what things I have more serenity around and also where I'm still struggling, um, just so uh, there's not this illusion that all is perfect, because <laughs> it's not. Um, anyway, so got back into school, went to grad school, um, really, um, you know, uh, got out in, in a job that I really can see um, staying in this profession for my life. Like I really feel like I'm contributing in a meaningful way and uh, that's a freaking miracle because in my eating disorder I used to steal from the people I was caring for. I'd steal their money, I'd steal their food um, and those were a lot of amends I had to make. Um, and I think uh, right now the tipping balance for serenity is just find, finding the balance between work and uh, life, um, which is, you know, I've got a 10 month old now. And um, so I'm wanting to spend a lot of time with her. Um, and then friendships, you know, I had close friendships growing up with a couple of people, specifically one, one boy who I lived next to and we were really close friends. Um, but I never really developed real in close intimate relationships. I remember 
being always being envious of other girls who had like girl time where they talk on the phone for hours. I'm like, how do you figure out how to talk that long? Like, what do you talk about? And so, I, um, anyways, so uh, it really wasn't until I came into a program that I started to develop relationships with people. And at first, with my peers, and at first, actually, I only felt comfortable befriending people who were like 20 or 30 years my senior. I felt so insignificant and uh, that I felt like I couldn't have friendships with people my, who are my peers. Like, I, I don't know. Anyways, um, and now, you know, people in program who are, are some of my closest friends and um, have walked me through a lot in my life. Um, and, you know, there's still, before, you know, when I first came in, it became really obvious that the way I had friendships was I just was the ear for people to dump shit on, and then I would disclose this wisdom <laughs> that I thought I had, which um, it's really interesting to never have had a relationship and to give relationship advice. I don't know how that's possible, but I did it. <laughs> um, and so now my relationships are less lopsided. I share about myself. It's not just uh, people telling me their stuff and then me growing resentful that I don't feel like I can lean on anybody. So there's a lot more re reciprocity. Um, I think, I, and especially now that I have a daughter, I feel like I have let a lot of stuff outside of my core family uh, atrophy. And so I would like to reach out to you know, my friends more and fellows as well. Um, and uh, I meant to tie this all back into serenity. But um, so friendships, I can't have a happy, life unless I have intimate relationships with people, whether that's at work, with, in friendships, with my family. And, um, and the cool thing about that is I can't actually, I can't recover from my eating disorder unless I have intimate relationships with a sponsor and fellow. So I have to learn, what I have to learn in order to recover is what I need to learn in order to have a meaningful life. So it's pretty cool. <laughs> You know, uh, my chemo is way more fun. Um, and what's the other thing? Okay, you're in romance. So really had a lot of anxiety. I've had, you know, when I was younger, I had a history of sexual abuse. And um, also my mom's struggle. She was a prostitute for a little bit. And she was really promiscuous when she was raising us. And I had some weird images. And so I just... Uh, didn't date. I was pretty um, shut down uh, until I got into program and um, got abstinent. And then I started dating for the first time in my life. And actually that happened about six months after I made amends to my dad, um, which is no surprise, I guess. Um, anyways, got married, got divorced, and really, you know, I really regret how that marriage ended and how I acted in that marriage. Um, and partnered, I got married again a second time, uh, hopefully <laughs> the last time, <laughs> and a wonderful man, and, you know, uh, one of the things I'm struggling with right now is just I've been hard on him the last 10 months since we had our baby about doing everything right with the baby, <laughs> you know, and so that's, uh, you know, that's one of the things that I, on a daily basis, I'm turning over to my 10th step to my partner in recovery and to my asking help from my higher powers, just to be gentler with my husband. 
Um, and how much time do I have left? Um, a little over three minutes. Okay. So, um, and then children. Um, so now I'm a mother. I, um, so we had, uh, let's see. So last year in January, we had our first daughter was born. She was stillborn. And um, her name was Lily. And uh, she's definitely my touchstone to higher power, um, for sure. And um, <clears throat> yeah. And I just remember there was this window between when we found out she'd passed away and I still had to go through labor and deliver her. And it took about, a, you know, it was like a day and a half later. And, um, and at first it was, I just remember thinking, wow, if I turn away from this one, I'm gonna kill myself. And so I just leaned in and I don't know what gave me the strength to do that other than 15 years in program at that point, uh, developing a relationship with a higher power and tons of fellows who like came and visited us in the hospital at that time. And, um, you know, it was a really hard year. I got, she was delivered and then we got pregnant. We didn't, weren't expecting to get pregnant really fast, but got pregnant four months later. And then, you know, it was uh, definitely a test of my serenity to, you know, not worry, be too worried during that pregnancy. Like, am I, what's gonna happen here? And I certainly had moments where anxiety was overwhelming and just so grateful for, I don't know how I, I could go through these life experiences without the fellowship that I now have and the connection to a higher power that I have because um, before that I was, I was bereft um, and spiritually bereft um, and emotionally numb. And so, you know, I'm always gonna grieve that our first daughter passed away and uh, that doesn't, isn't gonna go away. Just like, you know, I'm always gonna grieve that my first marriage ended in a terrible way and, um, but the amazing thing about program is that those don't, it doesn't mean I can't have a happy life. It can't mean I, doesn't mean I, I can't have a good life. When I came to program, I always felt like, oh, I had this horrible childhood and so I'm scarred for life. And, you know, um, this is why I can't have healthy relationships and blah, 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 blah. And program is really, helped me see through doing, especially doing the daily 10 steps with a partner in recovery, that I can go through like all my, these are just human experiences. There's death, there's loss, there's um, joy, there's celebration. It's the whole human package. And, um, you know, I can, uh, and my serenity can either be attached to things always going well or things not, and then so when they don't, as is the human experience is gonna happen sometimes, then I lose it, or it can be attached to something greater than that. And that's what um, working the steps helps me do, um, is connect to that, that something greater myself that is beyond uh, the finite, that's beyond what's just happening, my external experiences, not to belittle them, but um, something that's strength through it all, um, and that I don't have to binge and vomit over anything, anything that happens in my life. So anyways, that's it, thank you.